0: It's fun. We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get fucking like a monkey. And here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Moose and podcast. This episode two seven zero of the pod. Big nice round number for a couple of big nice round men. That's a weird start, Matt. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, that was <laughs> I, 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 I was fine. Now I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm doing. No, no,
1: I'm just. I'm doing well. Um, I, it's it's hard for me after the performance we saw from our quarterback on on Sunday to not be feeling all right. Um, that was again. I'm, I'm not going to get too high. I'm not going to get too low. Um, at any point this season, but that was the first time I think since the Pittsburgh game where we started to see those flashes that we're talking about. So my my mood has been fine this week because my mood unfortunately just gets dictated by my football teams. And Notre Dame won, and the Bears didn't win, but like Justin Fields played well, and we kind of talked about they've <laughs> talked about it all off
0: season. Um, that's kind of winning for the Bears this year. So I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? Yeah, 29-22, the Bears final here. It was. I'd say the best 30 minutes of Justin Fields' season at least, maybe career. I, you'd have to go back and look at some of like the moments he popped uh, last year. but uh, That was up there in the Pittsburgh game for me. Yeah, second half against the Vikings. Um, and even flashes in the first half as well. But I think it was completely predicated by the vertical passing game. When you allow him to do that, when you allow him to show that, when you – when you give him the time to explore the football field beyond just his first read, it's going to look a whole lot different. And it did here. Um, coming off of last week's podcast where my patience is wearing thin on Justin Fields. This was the type of performance I needed to see yeah, just to sure. sort of quell some of the nerves, um, get back into my head that yes, it's going to be a process. It's going to take time and we cannot make any large declarations until like I said week 10 next season Um, hopefully we feel great about things by then and that can only happen by stacking up good performances and here in this one uh, fields finished 15 of 21 so a a little bit more um, exposure in the passing game that's back-to-back weeks with north of 20 attempts which I know is a very low bar to set but it's the bar that exists here with, yeah. with this play calling and um with what this offense is trying to accomplish but 15 to 21 for 208 a touchdown no interceptions no giveaways only sacks twice which is a, a low mark on the season to match week one against san francisco but san francisco we dropped back what i'm looking at it here you had uh 17 attempts and how many of those were actually real attempts yeah uh, not in many. The rain so it was um, looking at pro football focuses grading. It was the best pass blocking perf- performance by the bears this season. And it was the worst run blocking performance by the bears this season. So I-, I don't know if those two things are correlated. If they're causated, I don't know what the situation is there. I'm sure we'll get that. But on the fields front here, Matt, um, I was also, I-, I love to see the long run to score the touchdown. That would have butterfly effect changed the outcome of this game. Maybe that got I wish back that on, up. On that Velas Jones Jr. Uh, block in the back, that no, that uh, was Smith Marset. It was oh, it was Smith Marset. Oh yeah, that,
1: the 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 goat in not the good way of the game. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Smith Marset, who just for me that was like I'm not going to belabor the call. He was behind him, but he did have his hand in front. You could see from where the ref was standing how it would call the block in the back. Whatever. What I'm going to belabor is the point that this roster is at a talent deficit, and guys like Smith, marset are on the field. That's the mm-hmm. problem. That's yeah. that's where the Bears are going to get into some trouble. It's because you guys have you have guys on the field who don't belong on the field.
1: I'm hoping that we saw, and uh, we'll obviously get into Justin Fields a little bit here too. But to that roster point, like. You saw a few more snaps where they were willing to get Vilas Jones, some, some reps in there. Obviously, he had the nice uh, the nice touchdown on the – the. You, you saw the speed. He took the, he took the technically pa- technical pass, but used the speed, got to the edge, made a play, and scored. Hopefully, they're getting more comfortable where you can kind of see him get some gadget plays in there. I know Nikhil Harry's off IR. They said he's probably not quite ready yet, which makes me – he's physically ready I think they think he still has some work to do in terms of getting the offense but I, I still think you'll start to see him being included incrementally. The the hope is by But also, me- but also
0: Matt. I, I get ahead. where you're going and I don't want to cut you off. No. Nikhil Harry. Where uh, it's like DK Metcalf's not coming back. Um <laughs> Stefan Diggs. No, no, no. I,
1: I'm I'm it's still a, it's still a talent deficit. But a guy who we couldn't get, like,
0: succeed for the Patriots, who literally make everyone succeed. I, I, is I hope we,
1: getting, we get we get Smith and we get Dante Pettis off the field my, forever my because point, I would yes. love Dante to Dante. More Pettis.
0: Dante. He looked like he had a little jump early on.
1: But oh no, there. I hated Dante Pettis. He had two awful. He had another bad, terrible drop again. Fields had, had that a, third he had down ball jump, that went he
0: scored a touchdown, and he he scored a touchdown. He, yeah, he scored a touchdown uh, week one. It was the game. Oh, th-
1: I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you meant
0: Saturday. no, no, no. I'm saying earlier this season. But Pettis is a guy who can, I think, unlock some of the intermediate stuff for Mooney because he also is a deep threat. You can't just have a shell over the top of Mooney. And I, I, I want to see this Jones team. can be that guy. I want to see speed. this team get more vertical. And I think Dante Pettis brings that. But yeah, Deolis Jones. Either other. way, we're we're talking.
1: We're kind of separate, splitting hairs here. We're, we're yeah, talking. We got about about a bunch of receivers. shitty
0: wide receivers. W- is What we're saying.
1: I want to get back. We'll, we'll get back to Justin Fields because let's, let's be real. That's kind of him. Ob- yeah. Obviously Mooney matters too, but like that's kind of what matters in this offense. Yeah. Um, Fields play was playing fine in the first half. Nothing's like special, but he made some, some, some nice throws, but whatever he was, I mean, he was three of eight, but I think he had, it was, it was one bad Pettis drop, but he made some nice throws. I think that deep out to uh, St. Brown was in the first half. That was a pretty nice throw. Um, but really after Mooney made that really nice catch for him. Um, and, could Mooney have kept running and made it a little bit easier of a catch maybe, but he doesn't matter. Still made the catch. You saw that confidence grow. And and it's almost like something clicked with him after that. Like his, like somebody on his team had his back there too. Um, I, I, he he said it after the game, he was being asked to post game press conference he was talking about, I don't remember the exact what the question is, but he basically said, today I kind of got back to playing my style, playing within myself. You get to the NFL and it's like, you know, you have to speed up your game. You, these these big guys are really, really fast and you kind of have to speed up to catch up with them. And today I kind of felt like I got back to playing within myself and playing my game. And I think yeah. that translates to me what we've been talking about and what's so incredibly important. And if it doesn't work, if it doesn't happen for quarterbacks, they're not going to work in the NFL the game slowed down just a little bit for him. And I think you could tell with, you know, he had to spin out of sacks sometimes from, from edge rushers and that's going to happen. And he did so and made some, some runs, but a lot of his, or a few of his bigger runs, I think it was the fourth down one. And there was another like third and me, me, intermediate first down that he picked up came from stepping up in the pocket and then finding those running lanes. Mm-hmm. I know like, he was a lot more comfortable in the pocket. Obviously he's going to have to bail out of the pocket sometimes this year and quite honestly throughout his career he should because he has that running ability but he felt comfortable in the pocket he worked his way up and then if the run was there he took it but there was also like a third it was a third and 10 where he he dropped back stayed in the pocket commit ran a really nice 11 yard button hook and field stepped up stepped into a throw and fired it right to him despite the you know despite the pass rush and it was these little signs of We'd seen the talent flashes, but those signs of starting to get it fundamentally and the game slowing down for him and taking what's given to you. And that's what I think we always knew the talent was there. And are we going to have some clunkers going forward the rest of the year? Of course, because he's still a young quarterback learning with a bad team around him. But it was little things like that that like we hadn't really seen. We never really saw from Mitch. We hadn't really seen from Bears quarterbacks before us. Like Those yeah. are the types of things like, all right, like this, this guy's starting to get it. Does he fully get it? Probably not yet, but there's there signs that he's starting to get it.
0: So the next step that I want in the maturation process is all of that. Yes, with something we talked about last week. Again, um, I made a point of here on Sunday. It's got bad body language when it's not going good, and I understand. Twenty-one to three, it's a tough scoreboard to look up at. But you're the quarterback. You set the tempo. You set the expectation. Everybody looks to you for everything, and I want to see him be the guy that he was at 22-21 when they're down 21 to 3 cuz they're going to be down 21 to 3 more times this season than they're going to be up by a point. Like it's just yeah. it's just who this team is. They're not very good from a talent standpoint. They need to figure it out from an execution standpoint. I think the coaching staff has a nice grasp on things, but they got to get some talent in that building. You, you got to be better when you're when it's not going good. I, I don't like I don't like sulky, low-shoulder Justin Fields on the sideline. We had too much of that shit with Cutler. We had too much Jay. I I know they're different people, and I know they kind of have different personalities, and that that anger probably comes from a different place, but there's a little bit of cutty, like a little bit of leave-me-alone on the sideline. And I know we don't get a full look at the sideline, but when they show him coming off the field after another three and out, yeah, you don't have to be sitting there with a smile on your face, but – get with your guys, get with your receivers, coach them up a little bit, get in front, get the iPad, sit next to somebody. Here's what we saw. Here's what I saw. There's just too much sitting alone, waiting for the next drive, looking pissed off down 21 to three. Now in that same breath, 21 to three followed by 19 unanswered points. The proof is in the performance there. So Mm -hmm. he's not, um, I guess he's not letting go of the rope physically. He's not letting go of the rope metaphorically, but I wanna see it I wanna see him look a little different between the whistles. I, I just do. I, I I can't have a guy who I can't have a guy who doesn't look like he's engaged in the game when it's not going good, even if he is. And and it's mm-hmm. and it's wildly apparent that he was still engaged in the game because the team did not let go of things at twenty-one to three. They came back and took a twenty-two twenty-one lead, led by their quarterback. Yeah. The performance is there. I want all the aspects of a quarterback to start growing, not just the on-field performance.
1: I I get that. And I think it's like we talked about, and you, you just said it there too. It's all part of the maturation process. And yeah. I think that's on the field, that's off the field, that's in the media, that's in the locker room, that's literally everything. And I, I think, and maybe this is my, I might just be guessing here, but I think that off the field leader stuff, like when, when you're a guy that's as intense as Justin Fields is, with I, I think that will start to grow when his play starts to grow too. I think he's been in a spot where he's so worried about his own play. And you saw the awful game against the Texans, the highs and lows of the Giants game. We'll talk about it or whatever you want to like, I, yeah. I think once he starts to feel more comfortable within himself on the field, that's where you'll start to see the growth off the field come as well. I I could be totally wrong, but it comes to a spot for me where like, you know, when I was playing football, if I was having a terrible game, I didn't feel comfortable being a guy that was going at at other people or talking too much to other people. It was like, I got to figure my own shit out. I think that what you might be getting at with Justin, what we might get with Justin Fields is, once he starts to get his own stuff figured out, he'll feel comfortable being that guy. I know quarterback's a totally different position and quarterback in the NFL is the most different position than any other position in sports. And that's the, a spot where he definitely still needs to mature in, but you still hear things from the guys in the locker room, how much they believe in him, how much of a leader he, they they he is, excuse me, how much they love him in there. And how that, that's obviously something you're yeah. still going to say sometimes, but there isn't, there's not the slightest bit of dissent coming from the locker room, which makes me believe that he's still kind of that guy. It just seems like in games at times, it's more like I like when I've thrown two interceptions, like I'm not climbing the pocket. I got to figure my shit out. Like, where's my iPad kind of stuff like that. So maybe yeah. maybe that's me being optimistic, but that's it, it's a whole growth process, it's a maturation process. And I'm hoping you're right. And that's kind of the next step. But I think there's that there's kind of that path there.
0: Matt, talk to me about the run game here on Sunday because uh, we're looking at 78 total yards on 24 rushes. 47 of those uh, belong to Justin Fields. So 31 total yards on 16 carries between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Montgomery, 1.7 yards per rush. Khalil <laughs> Herbert, 2.8 yards per rush. Weird because what the, I kind of thought shit Montgomery was had a decent game. Uh, um, yeah, just, I, I mean, the one – and think about this. He broke off, what was it, like an 11, 12-yard touchdown yeah. run there? And that, that that's half of his total yardage.
1: Yeah. Um, one, they Nine missed Cody Whitehair. Touchdown. Cody Whitehair is their best offensive lineman, and that's – we talked about it a little bit last week in the pass throw, but in the run in the run blocking too, they're going to miss him quite a bit. He's a – I mean, he, he is an all-pro guard. He's been an all-pro pro guard. He's a pro bowl guard. And when you bump Lucas Patrick – who is a undersized center now going over to play left guard where he's, you know, struggled at right guard. Some of the year you have a guy in Sam must who's struggled in every sense of the way so far this year. Um, you're going to have defensive lines and fronts pick on those two, which they kind of did a little bit. Um, Braxton Jones, I think had a pretty solid game, but I think the run game is still something that's kind of coming to him. I think he was fine in pass pro for the most part. Um, but also with this Bears team, like we saw weeks one through four, like they were going to beat you by running the ball 45 times and throwing it 15. Like we were just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and we're going to be able to do it. And I think the Vikings were like, no, you're not. Like you're just, yeah. we're not going to let you run the ball. We're going to make Justin Fields throw the ball, make you kind of get out of your comfort zone. And luckily for the Bears, Justin Fields was right, right at home in his comfort zone when they kind of opened up that playbook for him a little bit. Um, but I, I think that's you're going to see teams challenge the bears to throw the football because they were so willing to run the football and insistent on running the football in weeks one through four that, and they honestly showed that they can beat teams running the football and doing that. I know it was a slop fest, but like they beat the 49ers running the football a million times. They were in the game in the fourth quarter with the Packers running the ball a million times. They almost beat the giants who, I mean, might not be that bad of a football team now running the football. They beat the Texans doing it. Like teams are going to start making the bears throw. And this was a, it comes back to Justin Fields. It was a test for Justin Fields and he passed. I, I, I thought he did a great job of taking what was given to him on the run game. I'm not a huge fan of using him in design runs for the same reason. I'm not a big fan using Lamar or Josh Allen too much in design runs, but I, I, I thought getting creative with him getting you know, him using the run, using his legs to kind of open up the passing game a little bit when he had to scramble is an alternative way to run the football. And, yeah. um, But like I said, it's going to be tough to run the ball when teams are just going to sell out to run. So Fields has a couple more games like that. Teams aren't going to be able to sell out to stop the run anymore.
0: Yeah, I think um, you got to take what they give you. But regardless, if teams are selling out to stop the run, 1.7 yards per carry, not going to do it because Mm -hmm. that's that's 12 plays down the drain that's 12 and that's one thing that i'm not going to get on the play calling because i was talking about this with my dad too relative to what we're coming off of this has been such a breath of fresh air um yes we've been a little run heavy and i think that's an oc and a head coach protecting their quarterback protecting yeah everything knowing that we're playing from a deficit here but you do have to be able to run the ball effectively no matter how many people are in the box better than better than two yards per carry that just You just got to be able to do it. Um, And I I think they
1: will be able to do it a little bit better going forward. I think this is kind of the first time they saw a team selling out to stop it. And it's with a banged up offensive line and two guys that aren't really very good on it. It's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a process. But I think they'll get to that point
0: before we get to some of the other games across the NFL here in week five. Matt, just taking a look at the defensive box score. Uh, Kyler Gordon really kind of coming into his own, uh, made some early mistakes and we will continue to make mistakes, but, yeah. um, had, had eight solo tackles here, 10 total on the day. Uh, we only got to Cousins once, which is a little problematic. You'd like to see more pressure on the quarterback, but, um, just like seven guys with five or more tackles, like they're flying around on defense. They're, yeah. I know 29 points is a little steep. You'd like to see him hold the team closer to around three touchdowns or less, but, um, I've been, I guess, I've been pleasantly surprised by the effort put forth by this team. I know I said pre preseason that this is going to be a really strong secondary, and they've proved to be that. But not just in coverage, like in the way they're kind of coming down into the box too. That's been that's been my takeaway from this team thus far. And the thing that I think has uh, maybe exceeded my maybe the only thing that's exceeded my expectation with the Bears this year has been the performance on the defensive side of the ball, specifically like the want to the will like last year, we saw a lot of just kind of Olay efforts and guys sticking a shoulder in and getting run over. Um, I I guess I'm kind of, um, I guess I'm kind of expanding how I feel about Eddie Jackson to this entire defense right now. I've liked what I've seen thus far. Yeah.
1: Like you've gotten, you've clearly gotten the buy-in from the defense and Kyler Gordon, like Kyler Gordon's still struggling in coverage a little bit at times, but Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, Yes, I thought Sunday was maybe a slight step in the in a positive direction, but for a lot of the bigger breakdowns for him haven't been physical breakdowns. They've been scheme breakdowns, and I think as a rookie playing a different position, like that's unfortunately going to happen. Is it happening a little more than we want to from a second-round pick? Yeah, probably, but also – like he had a great day tackling coming up, stopping the run. If you have physical defensive yeah. backs, if you have a nickel corner that can come in and be physical and make make a tackle in the backfield or make a tackle on a swing route, like that's a big important thing to have. And He's shown that he can do that. Um, yeah. It was a little bit disappointing in Roquan. I kind of thought he was just going through the motions again, but Nicholas Morrow has been a nice little find at, at, at linebacker. The defensive line is struggling because – Robert Quinn isn't having the career year he had last year and
0: the, which he's a hundred years old. You yeah. Like I, I, right
1: I'm here. not like, there's like people <laughs> trashing Robert Quinn. It's like, guys, yeah. he's 35, like, or whatever it is. Like he's old. Like he, he's a well, nice, he couldn't
0: get a bag of balls for him after yeah. what was a record. He set in a sacks. franchise record in
1: sacks for one of the most storied defensive franchises in the history of football if yeah. not the most and we couldn't trade him um, yeah. because he's old like and he's he still serves value as a you know a veteran leader in that locker room if somebody wants him at a deadline that's that's fantastic that's fine um, but like you brought back him and you brought back you signed Larry Ogunjobi from Cincy, and then he fails a physical, so you can't bring him in. And you're kind of left with just scrap heap guys up on the defensive line. So there's not much you're going to get there. It's tough to get pressure with, with the guys they have. I'd like to see Travis Gibson get a little bit more run. I think he's kind of been the one of the bright spots on that defensive line. But like you said, the secondary for not having Jalen Johnson, Jalen Jones was couldn't cover Justin Jefferson, but he's not very good. He's probably going to be on the team very much longer, and nobody can cover Justin Jefferson. Vildor looked better. I mean, is Vildor anything other than probably a, a slot corner in this league? No, um, but that's still a valuable position. It's a valuable position. He can provide some depth. Um, I thought this was a nice step forward. And then Jaquan Brisker looks like, him and Eddie Jackson are going to be the Bears' safeties for the next five years, which is a really, really nice find. So the defense started out slow, but the adjustments were made, and you can tell the effort is there. This isn't the Mark Trestman, Mel Tucker defenses that were losing 51-11 to to the Eagles on primetime, and once somebody scored, it was, oh, here we go again. It's like these guys got absolutely punched in the mouth, and they were god-awful in the first half, and then eight points in the second half. Like, they they came back. I think it was after that onside kick that uh, the Bears tried that I actually didn't really hate. that I was listening listening to um, talk radio. There's was was press conference, and he said, before the onside kick, I actually went up to the defense and said, like, hey, we're going to roll the dice here, and if we don't do it, you guys got to respond. You guys got to have our back. Oh, yeah. And they did. They went and made a stop. So, I, the defense's drive, the will, like, the the buy-in is there. The talent's just not there. And, like, that's unfortunately something we knew was going to happen going into this year.
0: Yeah. Um, in the end, the Bears sit at two and three and they are in action in I mean you're 24 hours from the tape the podcast. Uh you're gonna be there? You're gonna be Yeah, you're, we're going. Gonna be, you're gonna be in the building for that. Uh, you know what? Boots that on the be, ground. Yeah, but that might be a game that's good to be at because you don't have to watch as many replays. You don't have to listen to um the announcers lament the offensive struggles. Yeah. Like I think that might be a good, like, let's just get on the scene, drink a copious amount of alcohol, and uh, hope the Bears come out of there with a win. Type situation. Yeah, I want ju-
1: I want to watch Justin just kind of in just pure, with, not on TV, just like in person. I just yeah. want to watch Justin. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so th- this is my assignment for you. Okay. I need your eyes I'll on work. him on the sideline. I need I need All you right, to come I back will... with a full report of. What what that what that interpersonal communication is on the sideline with him and his players.
1: Here's what we do. I'm going to bring my I'm going to get some cheap binoculars. I'm going to be on him. Then you will be responsible for the defensive recap next week, because obviously, if I'm on Justin watch, I can't watch much defense. You're on defense. Watch. I'm on Justin watch.
0: Let's uh, let's see if we get you a sideline pass. I just want I want you to let me know what he smells like. That's the type of reporting that I I need to 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 stop by what, uh, What cologne. Does Justin Fields wear?
1: Might need to stop by Chicago cut tonight and see if, uh, see if Al Michaels is there. I know he's a, he's a, he's a big fan there. Maybe I'll sneak in see if we can get him on the pot.
0: That's good Intel intel right there. That's probably, yeah, probably a power table, like of, uh, of like, uh, Kirk Al sitting at G and Greco's table, just talking about the good old days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Matt, let's get into some of these games here across the board. I mean, we could uh I, I guess we're close enough here to the Thursday nighter against Washington to break it down, but I don't know how much uh breaking down it deserves. Um Washington stinks. This is one you have to win. Like yeah, and I'm not saying like to make the playoffs, to do this, to do that. Just to show that, like, hey, we're in a we're in a ball game we're supposed to win. And I do understand it's it's a it's a pick'em. It's I a- hate how
1: weird Thursday nights are, but yeah, like this is a game you want to see Justin Fields build on last week and like play well. And if he plays like if, if, if Justin Fields plays like he did against the Vikings, the Bears should win this football game.
0: I think it's, I think it's a game that you could sort of, if you're Maddie Bufloos on a short week, um, you could put some challenges in front of your team and, and build the moment up to be more than it is and then see how they respond because it's, it's a spot that, that begs response, you know?
1: Yeah, it is. And it's, like the other side seems to be, I know Ron Rivera's like comments were kind of taken probably a little bit out of context, and, <laughs> but like, they weren't, they weren't, he got caught, he caught
0: got caught. caught like he got caught. He got caught telling the truth. He got um, caught telling the truth about a quarterback that has not played well. When, for those who are unfamiliar with the situation, Ron Rivera was asked in, by someone in the press pool, you know, everyone else in the NFC East is, is is showing growth. The Giants are four and one under Brian Dable. Uh, the Cowboys have what might be the best defense in the NFL. Um, everything that's going, the, the Eagles are the, the undefeated team. Um, everybody but the Commanders are showing growth and movement in the right direction. He was asked why does he think that is, and he just said the quarterback. They all have quarterbacks that have shown growth the quarterback he just quarterback. literally ran over carson wentz with the bus and then backed it over him again so yeah um i hope i hope we don't get a pissed off carson wentz coming into soldier field ready to you run. know
1: he was like rents was like uh his shoulder wasn't like wasn't looking right in practice apparently this week and i was really hoping that we got sam howell that would have been a lot of fun yeah, I, yeah. This no, but,
0: seem like the guy but Sam how like, like, might like, give you that don't know no better uh, true uh, Lawrence, a little spunky. Wentz is, Wentz is gonna throw red zone picks? We know that. So like that's you just fair. gotta catch that ball. <laughs>
1: that's you know? fair. I like that. Orange jerseys, orange helmets. I know how we've talked about oh. them. I know how I know I know how we feel about oh. them. Here, here, here's my theory. You're under theory, not theory, something. I don't know. Whatever. Hypothesis, maybe? If Hypothes- then, yeah. yeah. Hypothesis. It has to be an if-then statement. I don't remember that from science class. Okay. If. Justin Fields gets past the curse of the orange, then he is the guy. If he can, if he can shake this curse, these stupid orange jerseys that nobody likes, that they force us to wear every year, if he can actually go out and like doesn't matter, still go out and win, nothing weird happens. Is that like a no? Because like it's no? not, okay. it's not
0: a curse. It's not a curse. I they know they look suck. Like, they just look like shit. I know, like, but I'm just saying they, they, they essentially look terrible in them. They this backs up norms.
1: Look good, feel good, play good.
0: Thing. Took a pile yeah. of garbage that was the orange uniform, and put another pile of garbage on top that that is an orange helmet. Uh, it's disgusting. It's going to be hard to watch aesthetically. And if yeah, I don't know why they wanted orange helmet. Like, why would they allow? Would they allow Washington to come out in their all black uniform? Because that be that's a yeah, mat. that'd be the just go Halloween, just buy mat. into it. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a Halloween. It's a Halloween game. I can live um, with that. Either. Hopefully the football looks better than the uniforms. Let's get into what we saw in week five. It all began with the Colts and the Broncos in what was, I think, the ugliest football game of the season thus far. Broncos really struggled this season. I'll ask it this way, Matt. Are you ready to punt on Russell Wilson and the Broncos?
1: Yeah. No, but he's hurt, remember? They very strategically told you that his latissimus dorsi is something. Um, Man, it's, it's... you can't punt on him. So no, I'm not ready because he's there for 5 years. You can't punt You literally. Yeah, can't but you, you don't have to, you don't have to pay the Yeah, you
0: don't have to pay. I are think, you ready to are you ready to write them off?
1: Yeah, I think I'm I'm ready if this year 100%. Yes. I'm done I'm done with there. They're, they're absolutely What talent in that division? They're cashed. Yeah. The the Col- right, congrats if you bet a no touchdown score thing. Good for you. Okay. Congrats. Yeah. I bet the under. Right, I athletes. don't know
0: why that was anywhere near 40. There was seven field goals for those keeping track at home. Uh, Vikings took down the Bears 29-22. Giants and Packers leading off Sunday with a smile. Brian Dable all sorts of jacked up. uh, Leaves jolly old London with a W over the Packers, over uh, 12, over Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was just, it was, um, I don't know. I I have this weird connection to the Giants. Again, sort of similar to the Yankee connection where, like, I work with a lot of people who are fans of the team, so I root for the I root for the team so the people I work with are happy.
1: Yeah, Um, makes sense.
0: This was, it felt almost like because it was a Packers loss, like whenever the Packers lose, it always feels feels adjacent to a Bears win. It's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to get the joy of a Bears win this week, but hey, the Packers lost. So the fact that the Packers lost to this team that makes my friends happy, it was just everything I could ask for. 14 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I just the Giants are such an overperforming team right now at four and one. It's a hollow record, and they probably will regress at some point. But you're seeing what a coach can do when mm-hmm. he implements buy-in. Saquon looks like the best running back in the game. Where's your concern level on the Packers right now,
1: if Joe? If that's their game, if that's how they're going to call plays and that's how they're going to run their offense, they're not going anywhere. They might make the playoffs, might win the division because not very good. They're not going to win anything of substance. This, this you don't have Devonte Adams anymore. And you're still out. You're uh, you're out passing, you're, the pass to run ratio is two to one. I get yep. it. You have Aaron Rodgers. He's the MVP. He is great. He should not be throwing forty times in a game that you're up twenty to ten at halftime. Yeah. You have two running backs averaging one was uh, Aaron Jones averaged four eight, so just about five yards a carry. AJ Dillon averaged five seven. Run the damn football. And you yeah. look at the guy. You look at the the distribution of wealth there. Who are his leading receivers? Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. It, he just he only trusts his guys. Same thing that got him into trouble last year with Devontae Adams, that Niners game. He just only threw to Devontae Adams. That wasn't there. And the offense sputtered. It's the same old Packers offense. And I don't care how good of a defense you have. If you're going three and out because you're every other series, because you're just throwing quick hitters and they're not working, you're going to tire out your defense. So if this is how the, pack, like the Packers have a path to being really good, it's the one we saw against the Bears, where they ran the ball a shit ton, ran it down your throat, beat you through the air when that was kind of opened up, and play really tough defense. And they just they didn't want to do that today. I, I
0: today. think we could we could really get into the minutia of the Green Bay Packers, but they don't have the wide receivers. It's it's just plain and simple. They don't they exactly. don't have the guys. They don't have so the, guys. Don't the whole, the whole so Aaron Rodgers going to so make 50, everybody 50 look bracelet.
1: great. Don't don't forty to thirty nine to twenty pass the run like it's. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what the Packers look like at post Aaron Rodgers and see what Matt Lafleur does there.
0: Yeah, because the whole oh Matt Lafleur thirteen and three through every no Aaron Rodgers no, no Aaron Rodgers
1: three. is thirteen and three every
0: year. <laughs> um, let's take a look at the Bills and the Steelers, which only really begged thirty minutes of our attention. Josh mm-hmm. Allen at halftime had three hundred and forty-one passing yards, I believe, and four touchdowns. Finished with four twenty-four. Deep balls to Gabe Davis, uh got Diggs one as well, thirty eight to three the final. Can he pick I, it through fifty two times? I, I don't yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. This was okay, for me, gross uh, Mike Tomlin gets the benefit of the doubt for me until otherwise. Gross mismanagement of his football team, yep. making that quarterback change heading into this football. We
1: game. talked about it. this was a mistake. Like it Mike Tomlin's a, a very good mistake. he's a very good football coach. He made a bad impulse decision in a game that he kind of felt like he needed to try and win. Um, Didn't win that one, and you you can't go back, and it was a a short-term band-aid that's going to cause a long-term stunt.
0: uh, I hope not, because everything I'm hearing from from Pittsburgh fans and... You know this can be fleeting, but they are trying to be as patient as possible with Kenny. They understand the situation he's been thrust into, but you hope that it's not affecting the player and his confidence level um, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Chargers and Browns. Chargers thirty, Browns twenty-eight. Um, I'm trying to remember this game.
1: It happened. Was a thing. It uh, did Brandon happen. Staley went for it on fourth and two from his own. Oh my on god, something. that was yeah. So Brandon yes, yes. Staley's back. That's,
0: that was this game. Like. Brandon Staley's back Brandon Staley and this was one of a number of ridiculous analytics decisions made in week five on your own 40 up by two I believe it was right up by two yeah because it was 30 to 28 at that point up by two you go for it instead of punting the ball away and forcing Jacoby Brissett to go potentially 95 yards to win the football game like it was just it's just the wrong decision I don't care what your computer says
1: Here's my question to you. And I, I truly don't know the answer because I don't have the analytics or computer. I don't even know what do they use Excel. I don't know. Um, is is that analytics or is that Brandon Staley just being like a crazy person?
0: It's not. It, I kind I think of it, think it's Brandon think it's Staley being I don't a crazy think it's either. person. I think it's Brandon Staley hearing the noise because yeah, first couple weeks right. of season on fourth and short – Brandon Staley punted the ball away, and everyone's like, oh, Brandon Staley's not being Brandon Staley. He's got to be like Brandon Staley. Be more Brandon Staley. Here he is being full-fledged Brandon Staley and almost costing his team a football game. So I think that I made a I made a fantastic point on there the other day. I think mm, of I, I put did, it I put quite concisely. And I was talking to uh, Brian McFadden after the Monday Nighter about the decision to go for two at 30-29. to 29. We'll get to that game here in a moment. Yeah. The analytics saying, hey, you're probably not going to touch the ball again, this, that, and the other, but your defense plays differently tied at 30 rather than trying to get the ball back 30-29. They play with a lot more confidence tied at 30. The point I made is that analytics are good analytics are meant to inform they are not meant to decide Mm -hmm. you're letting a lot of coaches letting the numbers decide you need to take that information just how we talk about it with the yankees and with the dodgers and with the padres and these teams that are analytics heavy that set the lineups from the computer sometimes or make the pitching change from the computer. Sometimes you cannot make the decision in the situation strictly based off of percentages. If you are, you're completely removing the human element of the game. You're removing momentum. You're removing, um, you're, like where your team's at in that moment from a personnel standpoint. You're removing so many variables that have things to do with the outcome and mm-hmm. you're basing your decision off of one variable and that's the numbers. And I understand the numbers are indicative of what's happened. They're not necessarily predictive of what's going to happen. So you cannot let the you cannot let the numbers decide and dictate you. You have to use the numbers to inform. And we've got, we've crossed that line where coaches like Brandon Staley and coaches like maybe Josh McDaniels in that moment are letting the numbers make the decision. And it's, but, but to your question of, is this analytics? I don't know. That's how crazy it was. Like, I don't yeah, know was, if this was based off the numbers. That,
1: it's, I was listening to uh, Joe Madden's doing like a media tour now. Cause he's got a book coming out. And I, one clip was asking about his time with the Cubs and kind of the, it came to an end. And it, if you remember, it was a kind of, they both just decided it was time said, basically his last year, they're like the Cubs, like front office was like, Hey, this isn't really working out. Uh, like your way isn't working out. So you kind of have to start using the analytics now. And he was based like, basically not like just using them, but like, you have to use they them to your make your, decision. like, they they are to your decisions. Like your decisions. Yeah. And he was basically like that kind of like that incorporation of analytics, like stop being myself, stop managing with my gut. And that's why I needed out of there, because it was like, basically, you'd be dumb not to consider the analytics, but when the analytics become, when the numbers become the decision, as opposed to the information presented to you to help make a decision, that's when there's a problem.
0: Completely agree with you. And that was analytics Um, talk. Big numbers, guys. Big, big numbers, guys. Speaking of numbers, biggest numbers on the board all season belong to the Lions. They put up a goose egg in Foxborough. 29 to nothing. Um, Weird. Real weird. Bailey Zappy uh, and the Patriots put He's up some Brady. He's the new Tom Brady. I don't think that's the case, but uh, I do think that um, I do think that like reports of the Patriots' demise have been drastically uh, exaggerated. Yeah. this is not a team that's going to crawl into a shell. Um, I, I do think that Belichick, as a personnel, uh, as a, as a general manager. Um, has failed this team, but he's yeah. going to coach his team to their ceiling more likely than not. Um, Maybe he's just here. testing himself. He wants to <laughs> give himself it. a bad he wants roster to, put himself to see how in good a adversity. coach he
1: is. Exactly. <laughs> to, it's like, how else uh, do you show your team how to get through adversity? Put yourself uh, through adversity.
0: That's, that's all I need to give you from this game. Do you have anything else at 29 uh, nothing. Pats?
1: Dan Campbell might just be the next fired guy. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, you, you can't get shut out. This is the, sh- the yeah. shtick after losses like that and being one and four is going to start to wear very good. He's, thin got, nice he's got
0: Ohio state strength and conditioning coach written all over him to me. I like it. Uh, Saints 39 Seahawks 29 Seahawks continue to get into these shootout type battles Um two, two thoughts here. One being that Taysom Hill is just the human helmet sticker. He's freaking unbelievable. I believe he had two touchdown passes. A fumble recovery on special teams. Uh, ran t- for some couple of uh, three, three touchdown for runs. Nine carries 112 yards. Three, three touchdown runs. Ran for 112 yards. Like he's just stupid. He's fine. And he, I, I think he forces um, offense. Cor- yeah, he is, and he forces the offense coordinator into like thinking um, non-traditionally because he is the best chance you have at winning. No disrespect to James Winston, but my biggest quarterback um, observation in this game, Geno Smith was the second best quarterback on a football field Sunday. Behind Josh Allen, Geno Smith was the second best quarterback on the football field. Go back and look at that tape. He made throws that Guys are not making in the NF. I don't know what's going on or where it's coming from. He looks like an elite quarterback. He step, he's climbing the pocket and throwing guys open. He's breaking the pocket and flicking balls over second-level defenders. It is ridiculous the effectiveness that he's playing the game with right now. I, I, I've expected this in a million years, but the Seahawks playing the slow game, not biting on Garoppolo, not biting on Baker – all of these teams that sort of uh, just played quarterback musical chairs, Carson Wentz going to Indy, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan in turn going to – excuse me, Carson Wentz going to uh, Washington. Washington, Matt Ryan filling that void in Indy, Marcus Mariota elevating in, uh, in Atlanta. The best decision that was made this offseason from the quarterback standpoint was the Seahawks not making a decision and just letting Geno ride because Geno yeah. has been so fantastic. I just want to stand here and applaud him for a second.
1: He ain't right back yet. Um,
0: he did not write back yet. If you want to he, see the best throw. Was if you right. See the, if you want to see the single best throw of the weekend.
1: Oh, the cross not, body where he just drops it, it in a bucket.
0: Exactly. It was not, not a line. touchdown pass. Go to my Twitter, at Moose on air, scroll a couple tweets back. He throws a ball to the sideline. I believe it was in the third quarter that I I, I visibly gasped when I saw it in real time. It was that good of a throw. He aud- was aud- audibly audibly, like, gasped, uh, I, it, audibly I w- gasped. I w-
1: I was going to call you out on that, but so I'm glad you did it because it's bad luck Well, you could see me gasp too, but I think the audio
0: is more indicative. The audio the is more. Yeah, it's there the audio go. is
1: more important. B. Yes. Um, Carroll was right. He was right to punt on Russ. He was right to not go after whichever you know rotating head at quarterback that was proposed in the offseason. Like he gambled on this, and and he was right. And it's it's probably going to buy him some time if he Mm -hmm. wants it, I know he's old and the the Seahawks team actually now with the foundation they got from the rust trade, like that rebuild's going to get, I mean, it's still Gino and you know, the, he could still come back down to earth and uh, we'll see, but like, what is it? Their next
0: two firsts and their next two seconds. Yeah. Like if this is, if
1: this is what Gino looks like, the next two thirds, I think that rebuild's going to happen really quickly.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jets, dolphins, 40 to 17, I don't know how much you could take away from this one. It was a Jets team – or excuse me, it was a Dolphins team coming off of a lot of emotion there with Tua. Then immediately Teddy Bridgewater goes down with a concussion as well. Um, Raheem Mostert looked nice for them. They kind of tried to go run heavy there. But uh, Jets, Zach Wilson, I think um, they're feeling themselves a little bit after that win. Um, They're 3-2. and I I like Zach Wilson far more than I think a lot of people do, um, and that's not something I thought I'd say. Um, but 14 at 21 two ten made some nice throws. I was impressed by the jets, but they did what they were supposed to do here. But yeah. anytime the New York jets offense scores 40 points, they must be applauded. That is notable.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a fair point. Um, it's just hard for me to take much from this one when you got Skylar Thompson on the other end for, for Miami. Um, and this game was, a, this game was tight going into the fourth and then Jets kind of pulled away. Um, didn't really take too much of it, but good on the jets. Like, like I said, they should have won this game when Skylar Thompson came in and they did and seem to be buying in similar to out of the bears seem to be buying into Iberflus a little bit. They seem to be buying into Robert Sala there, that rookie class, the young guy, the young core.
0: Yeah, Uh, moving right along, our next game takes us to the Titans and the Commanders. Excuse me, the Falcons and the Bucks can't gloss over a 21-15 Buccaneers win. Uh, A would-be comeback halted by uh, Phantom roughing the passer. That was obviously the big headline out of this one. Three-quarters of solid Buccaneers football. They're still not scoring at the rate you think they would, but this is – I, I don't know if it's going to be uh, the path to victory, but they just don't have a run game, Tampa. Brady threw mm-hmm. it 52 times, um, and that's by design. I don't know if he's, like, chasing all of Peyton's records that he doesn't have yet, or I, I, I don't know what it is. If he wants, like, a seven-touchdown game or an 8 Like, they're just too pass-heavy for me right now. Um, but the, the, the storyline out of this one, obviously, is the roughing the passer call, Matt. Um, I, I don't know how... To ask the question of, do you take issue with this? Because there's no one that doesn't.
1: Um, yeah, of course. Making that
0: call there late.
1: I mean, it was terrible. And I'm a like, I'm, I'm I'm a Tom Brady fan, but it's very similar to like Brady and Rogers and in college Alabama and Georgia. Like they just get calls that nobody else gets, and it's very frustrating to watch because it likely, it. I'm not going to say it certainly cost the Falcons a game, but it very possibly cost the Falcons a tough divisional game on the road and a team that's you know kind of an upstart surprising team that we didn't think would be this good this year. Not that they're good, but like we thought they'd be a first overall pick kind of team. Like that's a momentum killer. And you just kind of, it's, I get that the NFL wants to protect their assets. And not only is Tom Brady a Buccaneers asset, but he's an NFL asset. But like, come on, use your brain. And I there's people calling for, you know, you should be able to review roughing the passer, but like, we did. We tried that with pass interference, and look like they never overturned a pass interference call, even if it was blatant. Like it, it, it's going to be a lot of the same. The issue or re- the resolution is referees need to get better at their jobs. Like that's mm-hmm. just like
0: that's it. I, I completely agree, and I get it. It's being passed down from the league office that we have. 12 guys on the face of the planet that can play this game at an elite high level and we have to keep them upright we have to keep them in the game but there has to be a line drawn where we can continue to play football it's it's yeah. football and i know that's like the boneheaded hey it's football it's a context where it, it is like if, at a certain point you remove the um you remove the fabric of the game if, if we're getting into a place where that Or the uh, roughing the passer on uh, Chris Jones, are roughing it just—it just can't be that. Yeah, Um, uh, I'm with you. Titans and Commanders, twenty-one to seventeen. I have absolutely nothing to say about this game.
1: Did uh, I mean we talked about Carson Wentz and that earlier? That's probably Texans and
0: Jaguars, thirteen to six. I could say the same for this, but I think we can start to maybe make some statements about Trevor Lawrence's inefficiencies, back-to-back games. Um, he has seven giveaways in his last two games, five in the rain uh, uh, two weeks ago, and then last week, two interceptions. Where's your concern level at with Trevor Lawrence right now, who is supposed to be this generational John Elway, copy-paste, ready-to-play? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence
1: is on a similar Justin Fields-type scale for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's – I know it's a second year, but, like, it's kind of his rookie year because last year was in a toxic culture environment within uh, the you know, urban Meyer who didn't really know what he was doing at an NFL level. Yep. Um, so I, I'm kind of back uh, similar to hitting the reset button and starting here. And I know his senior year in college team too, he missed a couple games in the COVID year. Like that was a weird kind of year. So it's, you need to see some, like there's going to be some ups and downs with him this year. And, and he's not the Peyton Manning ready to go. Like, like a- ASAP superstar Andrew Luck, whatever you want to call it, that we thought he might be, but the flashes that we're, we've seen at, at times are still there. So I'm kind of with Justin, F- where I am with him at Justin Fields. Like, okay. like there's going to be some clunkers, like that. That happens. That he's a second year quarterback, basic, like kind of a rookie quarterback in terms mm-hmm. of you know where his his mental is or his fundamentals might be at this point. Um, in terms of just fundamentals, grasping an offense, all of that but you need to see the flashes like it's second year on a bad team. Uh, I know the the Jaguars still might win that division, but like on a bad team with not that much talent, like he's got a really good coach. Now there's going to be some bad games. There's going to be some good games and there's going to be some really, really good games. And it's just outnumbering the bad games with the good games and the really
0: good ones. I can't pull the number from my brain right now. I just don't have it, and I can't find it either. But Damian Pierce broke something like eight thousand seven hundred and sixty-five tackles. On something, he's good. He's 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 a good player. He's really really good. I think that I think you're seeing of like, you know, it's tough when you see rookie running backs. Who's going to succeed? Who's just flashing for a year? Who's going to have two nice years? This is a guy that like. Effectively runs the football for five plus years in the NFL. That He's looking like that type of back. You
1: ever really watch on really NFL Network the, um, the angry runs segment? Or like whatever yes. that he's like, I feel yeah. like every one of his runs Powell is Grant. an angry run. Yeah.
0: It really is. Uh, 49ers, Panthers, 37 15. Um, this one just kind of, I think, was more expected uh, from these two teams. 49ers quietly, I think, are like, I'm going to, you know what, here, Matt, I'm going to. I'm going to just preface this and give you a couple minutes to talk to think about it while I talk. Sure. I'm going to ask for your power rankings, your your top oh, five wow. teams in the NFL. Not right to get done with this recap. And I'm just prefacing that because the 49ers are in mind. That's how much I believe in this defense. That's how much I believe in this team. That's how much I believe in a Garoppolo scorned. Um, I feel like we've Jimmy, been a, we've been a 49ers. Hell yeah! In a good I mean, way, you know. Again, affinity affinity goes a long way. And covering the team for a couple years on some of those guys, it is a it's a grade A franchise. Like they 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 comport yeah. themselves like champions. And I think that I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. I don't know if that's because of the fact they've been in a lot of NFC title games over the last few years, or the fact that they are that type of franchise, so they've been in a lot of uh, NFC championship games. But They got coordinates set for that again for me this year. I I love what I'm seeing out of the 49ers thus far this year. Jeff Wilson, again, like, they don't have the depth at the running back position that they've had in years past with um, uh, McKenzie being on the IR, but when they get him back, Wilson and McKenzie, they're just, they're nasty. They're nasty. It's, it. Kyle Shanahan puts whoever he wants there.
1: It doesn't really matter. It's just like, Jeff Wilson comes out and no, it it was Raheem Mostert. Now it's, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's just, it's, and that's not a shot at the 49ers running backs. So, like, obviously, Kyle Shanahan knows how to Kevin identify Coleman the type back. of runner he wants. But, like, that's he's, he's able to like identify his guy yeah. or the type of guy that fits in his system. And then, boy, those guys really
0: fit in his system. Well, yeah. And then you look at what they're doing in Miami with McDaniels, who was the run game coordinator in San Francisco. Same guys. Literally, yeah. Raheem Mostert, same yep. guy. Like, he brought Raheem Mostert with him. Um, but I think, that, you know, I don't know that we learned a whole lot about the Niners here. We learned that it's over for Baker. It's it's done. Oh, yeah, It's, done. it's uh, I don't care injuries. He's being a jerk to media members after every game. Uh, he's being he's being Baker. And that is proven to be ineffective. Um, it, I think it's over. And if if Darnold was healthy, if uh, which call it kid from Ole Miss was healthy, if. Anybody was healthy. Yeah, Matt Corral. They'd be starting. They got PJ Walker starting this week because Baker has a high ankle sprain now. Apparently, so I don't know that we ever see Baker Mayfield start a football game again. And I know that's a big blanket statement. He likely will because of circumstance somewhere. Yeah, I don't know that he's ever the. I don't know he ever gets a starting job again. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's it on Niners, Panthers, Cowboys, Rams. Cowboys win it twenty-two to ten as the Rams continue to underperform. The offense continues to struggle. No running game. Cooper Cup heavy. Allen Robinson stinks. Uh, Cowboys defense. It's it's Cowboys Niners in terms of best defense in the NFL for me. Um, Cowboys defense is nasty. Micah Parsons is a defensive player of the year candidate. If he carries this level, he should be the defensive MVP. Um, I, I just think that. The Cowboys are finally playing to their potential from a defensive standpoint. Now, it'd be very interesting to see how much patience this fan base has for Dak if he comes back and loses a game to the Eagles, or even if he waits till after the bye week and loses. Yeah, a game to I, I, w- I would start Dak on Sunday Coop- night. What's say it again?
1: I would not start Dak on Sunday night. No, no, just, no, 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 no. You're, you're You roll
0: good. out Cooper Rush. You see if you could steal one. You can't. You can't bring Dak back to the Wolves here, especially if he's no. not a hundred percent. But Jerry Jones he gets in front of that microphone and clock starts ticking on people. Forty million dollar year quarterback gets the benefit of the doubt, no doubt about it. But um, Cooper Rush is winning football games. That's all. I, that's all I gotta say. When Cooper Dak Rush comes back, games.
1: when Dak comes back, the, the the game plan can't change very much. I, I almost want to see you do the Cooper Rush style of offense. Of like, you can't be. Like, don't don't come back and ask Dak to throw forty five times a game because we know where that gets you. Like the, the Cowboys have a defense that's really good. They have an offensive line. That's very good. They have two running backs who are playing really well. Like Zeke's having a little bit of a Renaissance and Tony Pollard's good too. like Dak. I don't want to say an expanded game, man. Like take, take what Cooper rush is doing and just expand it a little bit. You can ask him to do a little bit more, but don't come in and ask him to throw 40 times a game. Cause we know where that gets you. Like no, if I'll that comes Pollard, back or when easy. he comes back, throw like keep this game plan going. Like, that's why that's where Dak was so good early on in his career too. Like, uh, he he doesn't need to be this guy that throws forty times a yeah. game.
0: I, I think that uh, I have a similar feeling about Cleveland right now. When Deshaun does come back, um, run the ball. You have the you have two the really good running backs. You have the most effective running game in the NFL. Run the ball, um, and I know that maybe they they don't have the long term prospects that yeah. the Cowboys do in terms of success this season. But like you you found something with your backup from a scheme standpoint, stay there, you know? Yeah. Uh, Eagles Cardinals, 2017 battle of the birds here. Uh, Eagles maybe put forth their least effective effort and still come away with a win. Uh, Kyler continues to underperform. Um, this one was weird. Kind of a because mad it was,
1: game for me. It was very strange. Didn't it was the middle that. of the
0: football field game. Um, second half saw what 13 total points. Mm-hmm. Eagles, scored their two touchdowns in the first half. They continue, and that's something to keep an eye on here because it's well outlined how effective they've been in the second quarter. Um, Crazy differential in the second quarter the Eagles have this year, but third and fourth quarter, they have not scored a lot of points this year. So I want to see them in a game, second half, maybe against Dallas here, needing to score points in the second half to see what they look like. I think that's like the next hurdle for them because they have showed – the ability to win games different ways, which, when you're talking about like actual champions or, or actual title contenders, that's a hallmark that you're not just blowing teams out. Like they, they win a weird one, week one against the Lions, high mm-hmm. scoring. Um, they stick one to the Vikings and a great defensive performance. They double down, similar performance against the Commanders. Jaguars' defense didn't look great. Offense did enough. Cardinals it was sort of a middle of the football field. and You end up with three more points. So they're winning in different ways, which I think is encouraging, but I need more in the second half out of the Eagles.
1: Yeah. And I, I think like Jalen hurts 15 carries probably not a sustained, like it, it, we talked about, just talked about the fields. Though. We talked about it with Lamar, I know, but like, it's not a great recipe for staying healthy for an entire season and being healthy. Even if you're not, even if you're playing, late in a season, if you're playing in January, your body's even more banged up than it needs to be. I think they need to find a way to limit his carries. Uh, same thing with the Bears of Field. Same thing with the Bills and, and Josh. Same thing with the Ravens and Lamar. Like, you got to find a way to limit those carries. Um, Devontae Smith, been uh, obviously, had a good year last year, but he's definitely benefiting from having another star in A.J. Brown around him. I thought he had a very good game and kind of turned into uh, Hurts' his safety blanket a little bit. Um, so I, I thought he's he's a... It's nice seeing that that Eagles team have this receiving core after having years of terrible receiving core because, for me, it makes me think that the Bears aren't that far away from being able to do (laughs) it. We're just a
0: couple decisions away from Devontae Smith.
1: Draft one and sign one. Draft one and sign one. Jackson Smith and Jigba and whoever.
0: Bengals and Ravens, 17-19 in favor of the Ravens, a buzzer-beater kick by Justin Tucker. There are only so many ways to say that Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker of all time. Here is another example. He is sort of from players in football. earlier in the game. I, I know you probably saw the tweet, and I retweeted I keep yeah. This is a call to action to go to my Twitter and just enjoy yourself. Um, Justin Tucker's game-winning kick crossed the Y-axis of the field at almost the exact center of the field. He... It was like the exact center of the field is twenty-six point five something, and his cross at twenty-six point six something. Was it, if, was it like good if, if he, it
1: if it was like a yard long or a like yard?
0: No, no, no. If the uprights were a half yard wide, oh, that ball God. still would have been good. That is how that is how middle of the middle his game-winning kick was. And he's he's good a joy to listen you. to on the mic. He's fantastic. Um, he's my big takeaway from this football game that has Two quarterbacks that will likely have more MVP trophies to their names. The kicker yeah. one. Looking paper.
1: forward, looking forward to the rematch of that one of, of those yeah. two. That was a fun football game, but yeah, Justin Tucker's the MVP.
0: Justin Tucker MVP. You will love to hear it. Uh, and on Monday nights, game of the game of the week, game of the year, maybe to this point, thirty to twenty-eight. Chiefs beat the Raiders. The Raiders are so much better than their one in four record right now. And it's annoying. When you look at. I'm not. I'm not punting on the Raiders at one and four. I'm just not. I'm not either. They have, the, they have the Texans, the Saints, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Chargers, the Rams, the Patriots, the Steelers. Before they hit the 49ers and the Chiefs in the second to last and last week, they could essentially win the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. In my eyes, they could win the next ten games. They really could. They could be. They could find. They could be eleven and four heading into week 16 uh, that would not surprise me they have, Ugh, nothing but beat, they have nothing but beatable teams i think you saw a great effort out of them on monday night now it did come up short but it's the chiefs man like it's the chiefs in
1: arrowhead like that's... it's the
0: chiefs at arrowhead um crazy game flow to this one weird decision by mcdaniels at 30 to 29 phantom roughing the passer call that was a 10 point swing before the half i mean so much to unpack coming out of this one matt what was your biggest takeaway from what was a really exciting game other than travis kelsey scoring four touchdowns on 25 yards
1: i mean other than patrick mahomes is just a magician and amazing like kind of what you said the raiders are so much better than that record and man like it was an interesting decision to go for two there to take the lead late but I guess I kind of like I, I did kind of understand what he might have been thinking. I'm not sure that was an analytics decision. I think that was more of like a gut like, hey, if we get this, we have to make one stop. They have a they have an injured kicker because Butker wasn't playing right, and the backup kicker was like, was just backup yep. kicker. Like, hey, like let's let's go all in. We get this, we make one stop, and if not, like we still need like we need to make a stop either way. And mm-hmm. if we make like, if we get this too, we make a stop, we win a ball game. So I, I and obviously didn't work out, but I. I see where he was coming. I didn't think it was as controversial, as weird as the Brandon Staley going for it.
0: Yeah, I I, I get it. I get the idea of of, even if we don't go, we need to stop. Even if we do go, we need to stop. It's Patrick Mahomes with the ball in either a tie game or up one. I I don't know if I'm just like I'm already the old guy. Tie the freaking football game.
1: I, I don't disagree with you there. I'm just, I I get it.
0: Believe in your defense. Get it to overtime. Like I don't know. Um, I, that know, is your week like five that, recap, Matt. We the, do the need to the talk locks this week, and then we do have a Matt's copy
1: The counter to yeah. that though is just believe in your offense. Go get me two yards and go win the football. Like I, I get it, but I, I get both sides. I see it. I would have kicked the ball, but I like I don't think it was an, as, as an egregious decision as summer. Like saying it was. We can get onto the, the locks and stuff.
0: Lock of the week. What do you got? Uh, oh, to recap, last week I gave you the Carolina team total under, cash it. Uh, cash and it. you
1: gave uh, – 49ers minus six, cash it.
0: Cash it. We had that game read Easy. like a book. Big uh, Niners, Adam guys. That the four and one on the season. Uh, I jump up to two and three. I'm also an even 500 in picks given out on air, but who's asking?
1: I was not, actually.
0: That's fine. <laughs> just, just a call to action. Tune in to CBS Sports HQ before all the big games. Joe Moose will be giving out winning picks with some of the sharpest names in sports. Kenny White, Todd Furman. Enjoy.
1: I, I do love watching your guys' coverage. I mean, I'm, a, I'm a big Todd Furman fan, too. guy is oh, fantastic. Love him on Twitter. Fantastic. Love him on there. He's fantastic. Um, I gave you an NFL one earlier, but I'm going away from it. Uh, I, I, okay. cannot just, I cannot just – I cannot – a Charger, Chargers games are too weird for me. I was going to take the under and Chargers-Broncos, but it's Monday night. It's weird. I don't like it. But Great. We get another Broncos primetime game. Um, I'm going yeah. to college. I'm taking Notre Dame minus nine and a half in the first half against Stanford. Stanford's <laughs> having a, a very, very down season. I've uh, had down a couple seasons now. Um, Notre Dame's offense really has things kind of figured out in the offensive line and the well, like defensive line too have been fantastic the last two and a half games. Um yeah. And in Stanford's last two, uh, three of the last four against USC, Washington, and Oregon, they've been getting blown out at halftime. Um, so I, I, I don't put Notre Dame on the level of a USC uh, or quite an Oregon, but like I have them kind of on a level with like, process, a, like a Washington yeah. type team. It's a night game at home for Notre Dame. I think that offense is clicking. Drew Pine is playing really well. They're just a much better team, and th- there's a new vibe kind of around that team since the the Cal comeback win. So I, I like them to take care of business in the first half and the game, but uh, not as com- comfortable with backdoor covers and such. So I'm going I'm to take the first half minus nine and a half.
0: A uh, total in case you missed it moment, but Stanford getting heartbroken at like oh, two that in the was morning, so, that was so tough. morning. That was so tough. Week. Yeah, that was wild. Um, I'm going to give you another team total. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. Uh, and essentially thought process last week was Niners defense is sick. Carolina's offense stinks. Play it under the team total. Same thought process here. Jaguars defense is pretty damn sick. Indy's offense has underperformed. Give me Indy team total under 22 and a half.
1: Thank me later. I like it. I like it. Well,
0: Matt's hockey season is upon us. And I believe we have about a minute left here of your we time. We have four. We have four. I'm, I'm going to keep you, it to a, how about you I'll a, a solid go. one and tell us how to feel about the Blackhawks this season.
1: Uh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be ugly. Um, okay. the, the, the preseason, you saw some flashes from some of the first round draft picks and they look nice, uh, but they're all going back to junior. They're going back to college. It's going to be a rough year. Um, enjoy watching Patrick Kane. Enjoy watching Jonathan Taves. Looks like he doesn't really care. Um, it, it's it's going to be a rough year. Just kind of similar, even more so than what we talk about with the bears just kind of when you see younger guys come up, some draft picks come up, watch for them. But this is all part of a greater plan. This is all part of a rebuild. And if it works out and they get the number one draft pick next year in Connor Bedard, they are getting, I'm not going to call somebody Connor McDavid, but like, this is the best guy coming out of a draft since him and Austin Matthews. So like, if you just tank and you're bad long enough and you can kind of, convince Patrick Kane to want to hang around for a little while and get to play with Connor Bedard next year, this could all get better fairly quickly.
0: Should we go Bedard custom uniforms just to manifest?
1: Uh, I would like that. The Avalanche right. are minus two and a half tonight I think it's like plus
0: 105 or something like that. <laughs> Take it. Take it. Uh, it is Matt's Hockey Minute. There would be more of them. Uh, we also have playoff baseball, Matt. I don't know if you want to offer your uh, thoughts here a divisional round that I, I just really, really hope that were on a collision course for Yankees-Dodgers. I think that would just be so much fun. Um, anytime it's New York, L.A., like, sign me up twice. Um, I wouldn't mind Astros-Dodgers either. Lot, of, lot, of, Dodgers lot of, in that storyline. Yeah, I'm just tired of Astros. I'm just tired of the Astros. Um, oh, amazing walk-off yesterday. That was guess, pretty sweet. Jordan uh,
1: Alvarez is so awesome. That guy's
0: just – he's so sweet. Maybe he's the, just massive. I, I his don't, I don't know ball. that – I understand that Aaron Judge cast a big shadow this year, but like b- behind him in terms of like guys you want at the plate when you need a big fly, like Alvarez. He's, give me as the kids say, he's him. He give is him. me give me Yankees, Astros
1: in the ALCS. Give me Dodgers, Braves in the NLCS, yeah, and I would be very fun. happy. I'll be very and
0: any combination of a World Series we get from that, I'll be happy. I'd be fine with that too, except. I really don't want to watch Astros Braves again. Like, just fair me, enough. I something. would rather not just see like that give team. me something else. I'd rather not see that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Here we are running close. We
1: Matt are. Rooney, We're getting. You're there. the
0: best ever. We appreciate you as always for tuning into the Moose and Moose podcast. This episode 270 of the pod. As we continue trucking through the NFL season, Week Six is upon us. Bears Commanders on Thursday night. Hopefully, it's a victory Friday. Because what's better? He's Matt. I'm Joe. Matt, say goodbye to the people. Fair down later.